Good morning, guys. So glad you're here at CIL, and hello to my friends online. I was over there on my phone saying hi to some of you guys. Lots of people I love are online, and lots of people I love are here at church. So let's jump into God's Word. Let's go to John chapter 14. That's going to be our reading for today. And if you're able to, why don't we this week, let's stand to honor God's Word. We didn't do it last week, but it's a good thing to do. And we're going to read the Scripture Starting with verse 16, at the conclusion, I'm going to present this as the word of the Lord, and it'll be a call and response, and uh, you can say thanks be to God, because how many know we are thankful for the Scripture? The Scripture is the authority, and the Scripture is the life that we receive. So John chapter 14, uh, starting with verse 16 and going through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So one of the things we need in our lives is we need heroes, we need legends, we need myths. You know why? Because they are really safe. So we, we say George Washington cannot tell a lie. Abraham Lincoln, he returned five miles, he returned six cents when he was overcharged, six pennies. So he becomes honest Abe. And this idea of... These people who are distant from us, they can be the legends that we need because they're safe and they're never going to hurt us. And then occasionally people will, will take someone like me and they'll try to make a myth out of me. <laughs> can you believe that? Uh, they may say something like this, Pastor Aaron, we know you pray every day, all day. And I neither really confirm it or deny it. I just kind of, you know, shrug my shoulders. If, if I do um, humbly confess, I say, well, I don't pray every day just the ones that end with the letter Y. You know, those are the days that I pray. So we, we had this tendency to put people on pedestals because when they're distant, they won't hurt us. Okay? When they're in our home or they're in our lives or they're in our small group, uh, then sometimes we want to keep those people down at our level uh, because if we look up to them too much, they may turn against us, they may hurt us, whatever the case may be. So this is where, you know, guys like me, I, I want to be a theologian, I'm a pastor, so I, I have a lot of people who are not alive anymore that I look up to. In fact, if you go to my office, I have some pictures of some dead guys up there. Guys have been dead for like 200 years uh, because those are really safe examples to me. One of the heroes of my faith, someone who was a theologian and a pastor and a practitioner, uh, didn't pass away too long ago. It was in 1997. Uh, his name is John Wimber. And John Wimber in the 70s and 80s and 90s was a leading voice in Christendom, and he really, really impacted the world for Christ. And I read some of his books, and I was able to access some of his video teaching. So I've just enjoyed him, and I enjoyed saying things. Like, yeah, John Wimber is one of uh, my theological heroes, someone that I have alignment with. But because he hasn't uh, 
left this world, you know, too long ago, 23 years ago now, I've, I've started to encounter people who knew him. So one of my mentors was a protege of John Wimber. And so once I met Don, who watched a service earlier today, I saw that he watched the 9 a.m. service online. Don told me, he said, you know, John was my spiritual dad. And I used to listen to his teaching and he would tell me stories about physically being present when John Wimber taught. One time right here in this church, I met a visitor and they said, hey, this church is a great church. It reminds me of a vineyard church. And I said, well, I, I happen to admire John Wimber, who, who was one of the early leaders of the vineyard. And he's a, the personality most associated with a vineyard church. Yeah. And I said, I happen to admire him. And that person here in this room said, well, he was my pastor. And one time I was in his office and I was in his office and they told me this story. So now this has gone from this distant person in books and, and really a legend in my mind to now I'm knowing two people who knew him firsthand. Uh, I was at a conference and someone was teaching who was very close to John Wimber. And they said good things about him. They said he was a good guy, but you know, he was a human being like everyone here, everyone watching. And, and this speaker said at the end of John's life, when he was sick and, and dying of cancer, this is what he told me privately. And, and I get to the edge of my chair to hear what, what, what's beyond the books? What's beyond the YouTube videos? What's beyond the legend? Tell me really, I want to hear what really happened. Now, at this point, this sermon could go a lot of directions, and that's an intro that we could, we could go a lot of different directions, and there's a lot of different lessons that we could get from this principle. The principle is this, is it's different than know, it's different knowing some, about someone in books and through like an intellectual understanding and actually having an experience with someone. And so my experience with that pastor who is deceased is much different than the experience of those who knew him firsthand, those who were in his office, those who sat under his pastoral ministry, those who talked to him in the last few months of his life. It's a total different experience, okay? A lot of times we want just that safe experience because when someone's distant, we can create them in our own imagination to be what we need. And that can work both ways. It, it works when we're, we, we create heroes in our mind and it, create, it works when we create villains, and the truth is, history, everyone in history, including you, you'll be part of history someday. We're a mixed bag. We have good things. We have bad things. We have right motives. We have wrong motives. We have uh, ways that we respond accurately uh, in, in the whole scope of humanity's perspective. And there's things that we're blinded to in our life. And so we have to have lots of grace for each other now and people in our past. But I, I say all of this is because now I want to talk to you about a person that we often don't classify as a person. You're like, no, okay, what do you mean? The Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. The Holy Spirit. And, and as soon as we say Holy Spirit, some of us, some of us, I don't know who it is in this room, so I, I make no accusations, but I just know this from being a pastor for a long time. The, the term Holy Spirit, the name Holy Spirit comes up and people just kind of close up inside. Just inside, they close up. And people sometimes carry stereotypes in their mind. Um, people sometimes imagine someone. They're like, that person was really into the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to be like them. Uh, people sometimes project 
the Holy Spirit onto someone else's presentation of what they call the Holy Spirit. But even though it's not really the Holy Spirit, uh, they marginalize and exclude the Holy Spirit from their life just because they didn't like something they observed or heard about or saw. So I, I want to talk to you about this because here in America, and, and especially in the Southeast, because I'm preaching from Nashville, Tennessee, we, we kind of have this safe version of Christianity that Jesus is historic and distant and, and safe and he's someone that we can access when we need um, like a great memory or like a myth or like a legend. But when it comes to his involvement in our life as manifested through the Holy Spirit, there's a, a complete cutting off of the active work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So it's kind of the country music culture. Now, I know not all of you may be country music fans, but we live here in the birthplace of country music. And, you know, country music is one of those things where you, it talks about, like, drinking beer and leaving your wife and saluting the flag and uh, giving Jesus uh, cheers with, with suds up to Jesus all in one song. I mean, it's just crazy. And be, all of these different song tunes just go in and out and out and about and around. And, and it's kind of like this attitude we have here in the South that, like, Jesus is a convenient inclusion into our lives when we need the old time religion. We need Pappy's religion. We need Granny's religion. And so we're just gonna we're just gonna pull in Jesus when it's socially acceptable and it's good and it's convenient and it's accepted and it's kind of bundled up into this kind of cultural stew. And so there's there's no risk. There's no self-sacrifice. There's no idea of like putting your life on the line for Jesus. I mean, it's just like this convenient, sterile, safe kind of expression of Jesus. I can describe this well because I've lived it where Jesus was to my social advantage, but he wasn't the passion of my heart. And that, that is so easy to happen. That can happen to any of us. And so I don't judge you as much as I judge myself and the fight and the drift and the, the great, the great temptation we have to not really be a light because we're around a lot of light. And so I, I, I may rely on, on Butch's light or I might rely on Shelby's light and, 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 and Tracy's light and, and I do all of that and I don't let my light shine as it should. So, so this is this is like the atmosphere we're living in, and so the triune God that we sang about—praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit—and so I, when I speak about Jesus, there has been one sent to glorify Jesus, and His name is the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, for some of us, we're closed off to the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, you may be like the people in. In Acts chapter 19, you're like, I've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Tell me about it. I'm a new Christian. I just want to know. Let's go. Let's just receive the Holy Spirit. But others of us have cut off a, a source of strength in our life. We have said no to an invitation from God. And we have rejected a friendship only because we are 
immature and not really seeking a specific person. We're trying to avoid a stereotype. We're not saying, I don't want to be labeled a certain type of Christian, or I don't want to be like that grandmother I knew that I felt was strange. And so, because I don't want to be like her, I, I don't, I, you know, I'll, I'll take the Bible and I'll take Jesus and I'll take the sovereignty of God, but Holy Spirit, that's for the weird Christians or the Holy Spirit's for uh, the people who are in charge or the Holy Spirit or for the musical people. And it's not true. The Holy Spirit's for every single person. The Holy Spirit as is given to every single Christian. I mean, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit. And so this is why today I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the title of this message, and it's going to go into next week also. Um, so, so one of the things the Lord showed me is, is we just need to take our time right now and allow him to work through this. And one of the things that I want you to, to recognize is that we have a living, breathing faith. Okay, so our faith is not just intellectual. Now, you know that I value the, the intellectual development. I mean, you heard Pastor Josh talk about Veritas, Veritas College International, and Pastor Deborah Jackson leads that endeavor here at our church. And we want to educate you. We want to sit around tables and get out the word and educate ourselves. That's so important. The development of the Christian mind is crucial. But when we wrongly believe that our faith is only an intellectual decision and our faith is only agreeing with principles and, and, and our faith is somehow just mental assent. Then if we're not careful, we have this dry, sterile, spiritual life that has closed itself off to the dynamic of a living, breathing God. We talk about scripture, and I'm holding a scripture that I just love so much. And we say things, and I could get probably agreement from everyone in this room. This is the living, breathing word of God. Where do we get that description? We get that description from the scripture itself. It says the word of God is inspired. Well, what inspires the word of God? The Holy Spirit breathes into the word of God. And so there were 40 different authors over 1500 years. And when those, those happened to be men, when they, when they wrote down these scriptures through the parchment, through the ink, through the scribes who would copy these, make many copies of this through what was passed down. This was not just some kind of distant information. It's not just another piece of literature. It is something that the Holy Spirit has breathed upon. And so if you're a person of the word, a person of scripture, which I know you guys are, because I know you, I know a lot of you watching online, we cannot disconnect the Holy Spirit from the word of God. They are one in the same. I mean, it is the Holy Spirit who makes the word. It's the word that, that moves within, the, the spirit moves within the, the description of the word. And these go together. And so this is why the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is so powerful. So th this is my point in these next few sermons. I want you to begin to see the Holy Spirit as a person. And so write this down. The Bible treats the Holy Spirit as a person. And if you're writing this down or typing on your phone, you can go ahead and put this parenthetically behind it. And so should we. Okay? The Bible... Treats the Holy Spirit as a person. You know what I think throws us on this? I'm going to show you from scriptures, descriptors that show you that the Holy Spirit functions as a person. What throws us here is the adjective, the. 
T-H-E. And so we're used to, we're used to um, connecting the adjective, the, which most of the time is used as an adjective, to an object. So the Holy Spirit. And the translators, I, I know that, that I trust the translators of good versions of the Bible and that, that they're, they're translating accurately. But as we've interpreted it in our English mind, now we would say, well, Jesus has a name and the Father has a name, but the Holy Spirit. And so then we maybe wrongly begin to categorize the Holy Spirit as a force or as a it or as an object. When he is a person and he has personality traits, and those personality traits are very important to know because it's going to help you this afternoon. And I'm not joking about that. Like the Holy Spirit's going to help you today. I mean, if, if he's going to help you tomorrow. He's going to help you this week. This is why this is important to hear. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Bible treats the Holy Spirit as a person, and so should we. Okay, so I'm going to give you one point today. That was just a descriptor, but here's my one point today. Write it down. The Holy Spirit acts in intelligence and wisdom. I want you to see this. The Holy Spirit acts or operates or, or you know, moves in intelligence and wisdom. So we cannot say, well, when we have sentimental feelings, like we, we, we sing a song that brings about sentiment, that's not necessarily the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit could work. He does work through old song. He does work through memory. He does work through emotional connection. But sentiment is not the Holy Spirit. Uh, Camaraderie is not the Holy Spirit. So if this worship team, they all get along, they all like to play together, they all like to make music together, that that's a good thing. But when we say there's a Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that there's just camaraderie here. It doesn't mean there's just a good attitude here. There's a Holy Spirit. There's a holy attitude here. No, the Holy Spirit is a person that indwells us and, and that's available to us and that wants to help us. Now, I think we could all get agreement here, and even non-believers probably would agree with this, that it would be really cool and really beneficial if we could set up a one-on-one coffee appointment with Jesus of Nazareth this week. Like one of those time travel deals. I would, I've got some stuff to run by Jesus. I'd, I'd like to ask him some questions about what happened in some stories. I've got some issues in my life I'd like to ask Jesus about. I would love to have God in the form of man. I mean, the full incarnation of God. God, all the power of the almighty God in one human man, in one human being, and, and to sit down and have lunch with that person or have a cup of coffee or to hang out with them. Who wouldn't want that? Like, we can all agree, that's a good thing. I mean, that's, that's beneficial, that's good. That's what we want. But the Lord Jesus himself said, hey, that's not what's best for you. Jesus has something better. Now, I want us to look. We already read John 16, uh, excuse me, John 14, 16 through 18. But let's go back earlier to, well, not earlier, I'm sorry. John chapter 16, verse 7. Sometimes all those numbers get in my head and you guys are... You just see me struggling with that up here. But here we go. Thank God for the screen. Thank God it's right here on the screen you're watching. It's right here on the screen before you if you're here at CIL. This is Jesus speaking in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So Jesus is pushing back against the 
kind of agreed upon wisdom. I just said, wouldn't it be great? It would be great to hang out with Jesus. Jesus says, well, not so fast. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, which is a name for the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So let's just think about that for a second. We know that when Jesus was here 2,000 years ago, you could find him you know, in, in Bethlehem, or you could find them in Egypt for a couple of years, or you could find them in Nazareth or in Galilee, and then you could find them in Jerusalem uh, those last few days of his life, and you could go to those places. But Jesus wasn't in what we now call South America, and Jesus wasn't in what we now call Siberia, Russia, and Jesus wasn't in Australia, because all the fullness of God was in one being, one entity, one man. Jesus Christ was fully man, fully God, and where Jesus was, there you got God. And this was, this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is great. And this is why people put down, they let down their fishing nets and they left their government jobs of tax collecting and they, they put aside their preferences to follow this incredible son of the living God, the fullness of God, all incarnate in one man. This is powerful and we all want to see it and we want to experience it. But Jesus said, it's better for you that I go because when he sent the Holy Spirit, he sent the helper. That means like today, there's, there's estimates say 2 billion of us, 2 billion of us in all of these different time zones. And Jesus is at every place that God's people gather. Jesus is all over this city. Jesus is all over this nation. Jesus is all over this hemisphere. Jesus is all over uh, the other side of the world, wherever there is even governments oppressing religion and trying to keep people from meeting. Jesus is in every time zone, even when there's multiple days at the same time. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit, is ever present whenever we need him. This is good news for us. And it's something that we celebrate and we don't take for granted and, and we glory in. We see it as a gift. It's the greatest gift that we have ever been given. And so it is that this Jesus is operating in a specific way. And he's operating in intelligence and in wisdom. Now, have I given that point yet? I got, I got a little lost. Have I given the point yet? Here's my main point today. Okay, so now I want us now to go to, I wasn't lost, lost. I was just lost in the sequence. Okay. So I'm not shooting from the hip. I'm speaking from the spirit. Isaiah predicted Jesus coming, the triune God, the father sent the son and the spirit worked through the son. And now we reflect Jesus. We reflect who Jesus is. And so we find insight into the Holy spirit in Isaiah chapter 11, starting with verse two. And it says it this way. The prophet said, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit, notice there that it is a capitalized there. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit, not just an attitude, not just a sentiment, not just a feeling, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I want you to see in your Bibles, I want you to see on the screen, those words, wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is a term Contemporary people are not comfortable with, but it's an important term. It means the respect and honor of God. And, and the fear of the Lord is a good thing. We respect and we honor the Lord. This comes with the Holy Spirit of God. 
So you've been given this spirit that's dwelling in you right now if you belong to Jesus. And I want you to know something. Is the Holy Spirit that dwells in you right now is smart. He's smart. The Holy Spirit that's dwelling within you, within you is intelligent. And he is making judgments about real things that are happening in your world and in our world. Okay? We wrongly believe that like the Holy Spirit is limited to our consciousness. So like, you know, I, I'm worried about, I'm worried about the, the temperature outside. And so because I'm worried about the temperature outside, now the Holy Spirit has to be worried about that because he's just kind of there hanging out, subjected to me. But you'll see here through the scripture that when the Holy Spirit, when we're in relationship with him and aware of him and we understand who he is and his personality and that he is a person, not an object, not a force, but he's a a person of intelligence and he's a person of wisdom. Paul was praying one of his powerful declarations over the church of Ephesus. It was so powerful that that declaration and that letter to Ephesus was sent to many, many churches in that whole region of what is now modern-day Turkey. And in the middle of this prayer, we get more insight about the intelligence of the Holy Spirit. And look at verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 1. In the middle of this prayer, he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, here's the Trinity again, God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, look at this phrase, the spirit of wisdom. It's capitalized there. The Holy Spirit's wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. This idea that with the spirit comes revelation. With the spirit comes knowledge. With the spirit comes insight. With the spirit comes the ability to make judgments because the spirit is making judgments. The spirit is moving in, 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 in decision-making and in evaluations. And when we're in step and in tune with the Spirit, then we are operating according to the will of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gives a whole list of all of these different uh, gifts people get. I mean, different gifts, and we can identify these gifts within the church. But look at this insight in verse 11. All these, all these gifts are empowered by one and the same spirit. Now watch this part who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now that's that I use the ESV this, this particular Sunday, which is beautiful poetic language, but that, that phrase sounds beautiful, but I don't want you to miss the power of it. It says this, that he apportions or he gives out to each one individually as he wills. So he just decides I'm going to give this gift. This gift rests well on Jennifer. I mean, this gift rests well on Jerry. This is what the Holy Spirit saying. I, I think Brad needs this gift. I think Jesus is going to be glorified if Brad has this gift. I think that if Rob operates in this manifestation of the Spirit, I think Jesus is going to be glorified. The Holy Spirit has intelligence and he has a will. And he wants to operate that will. He's like, I want Barrett to have this encounter. I want him to have this experience with Jesus. I want Jesus to be glorified through the song that Pastor, Pastor Aubrey picks this week. Because Pastor Aubrey, he's walking with the Lord. And, and whenever he decides, he's, he's looking ahead. He's looking ahead to July 26th. 
and the Holy Spirit, if he's leading Pastor Aubrey, there's going to be a song that someone needs to hear. And how many know that Aubrey's not smart enough, intelligent enough, or wise enough to pick the right song for a few hundred people and all of their individual needs? But the Holy Spirit with his intelligence and with his will, when we're in cooperation, when we're in step, when we're in partnership with the Holy Spirit, then he begins to apportion. That's what that word said, are to disperse, are to give out what everybody needs. Now, this is awesome news to hear. Okay, so here we go. Are you ready? I'm going to bring the sermon down to a really simple soundbite. Are you ready for it? Okay, here it is. The Holy Spirit is smarter than you. All right? That, that's what all they say. The Holy Spirit is smarter than you. I, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to illuminate the word more. The Holy Spirit is wiser than you. Now, here's the good news. There is a person who dwells near you. In fact, it's not just near you. He dwells in you, and he's smarter than you, and he's wiser than you. And here's the great part. He wants to help you. This is what's great about the Holy Spirit. He's not wiser and smarter than us in a haughty, arrogant, I want to power up on you and I want to show you human beings who you are and and I'm God and you're not and you'll never, you know, I'm just set apart and I'm just going to watch you struggle and I'm going to watch you suffer and I'm going to watch you be in confusion. I'm going to watch you not have peace. No, it's the opposite. The Holy Spirit is smarter and he's wiser and he says, I love you, daughter. I love you, son, and I want to get involved in your mess. I want to get involved in the problem. I want to walk with you through whatever you're going through. This is the good news. Our God is smarter. Our God is wiser. But our God is available to us today. And he wants to help us. And so the Holy Spirit wants you to decide today. This is, this is the heart of today's message. Because this seems so easy and logical, but it's not true. Do you really believe the Holy Spirit's smarter than you and more intelligent to you? Because a lot of us live our lives as if, as if God is so lucky to get our wisdom and so lucky to get our education and so fortunate that we as experienced people and accomplished people are part of Christianity. And the truth is that he knows better than we do, but he wants to help us. See, the issue is not whether or not God wants to help. It's whether or not we remember to include him. Do we include him? So let me, let me tell you a couple of ways. I'll give you a couple of examples in my life of how the Holy Spirit's helped me in the last, last week. Last week, I'll just use that. Okay, so I may have mentioned this before, but it's probably a good principle. A management principle in my life is if um, I have an email that has some heat on it or could be controversial or could be taken wrong. I have other people read it. Uh, And so this week I had an email like that. And so I had another pastor read this email and I had my wife read the email and they both gave me the thumbs up. They said, no, I think you're being, you're showing candor and you're showing decisiveness and, and yeah, go ahead and send it. Before I push send, I have a practice that I often take a lap around the building before I send a controversial email. 
Now, if you ever see me walking around the property, it doesn't mean there's a heated email because I need some extra steps anyway. So how many know exercise is good with or without a controversial email? But, but as, I, as I took a walk around the property, I just didn't feel God's peace. Even though I got the, I got the sign-off from one of my pastors, I got the sign-off from my wife. And I'm going to tell you, it was going to feel really good to push send. And in my mind, I had justification. I had followed my protocol, but the Holy Spirit said no. And I'm so glad I didn't send that email because I got more perspective on the situation. Now, that's a fun story to tell you because it turned out good, but there's 20 other examples of when I sent the email anyway. So don't be too impressed. I'll tell you how the Holy Spirit spoke to me last night. I have here in my notes, I have a four-point sermon. And um, the first point was the Holy Spirit moves in intelligence and wisdom. And I had everything ready to go, had the media stuff in, all that. And, And as I was praying about today's service, I felt just this thought. I just felt this leading. I felt this, the Holy Spirit say, don't, don't rush to this message. Just, just, just take point number one. And I told the media people, this is what I think is going to happen. I think the Holy Spirit said this. And I said, hey, if I get through the first point in five minutes and keep going, then, then I didn't hear from the Lord. But I relaxed a little bit. And the Lord gave me insight even this morning for this service for 1045 service. I'm going to tell you my 1045 service was much different than the 9 a.m. service. I told some funny stories at 9 a.m. that didn't make it for you guys. You know why? Because I believe the Holy Spirit's leading. You know, it's not about us having a comedy show up here. It's about hearing the living word of the Lord. Hearing that word of the Lord that just sits right in your heart for a fitting time, for a fitting season in your life. So that's my world. That's the world that I live in. But come on, it's not about just church services. I mean, that's probably the least important thing that happens this week. The most important thing that happens is when you leave. And I want you to know that you're carrying the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's on you. He's around you. And he's speaking. And he loves you. And he wants to help you. And he he won't withhold your help, the help that you need. He'll get involved in your problem. Someone contacted me in the, in the last 10 days and said, hey, pray for me. My job is unbearable, I, and, and I just need a new job, and I didn't get a lot of details. I said, okay, I'll pray with you about that. I'll pray with you about that job, and, and I saw this person this morning, and I asked her, I was like, have you found a new job? And she said, you know, after I sent that text, I sent it to some other people, and, and I started getting perspective, and, and I realized that, that even though this job is hard right now, that for this season of my life, it's the right job for me. I realized that I have options as a young mom that I wouldn't have in other jobs and that this is probably okay. So the answer, the Holy Spirit's answer wasn't to give a new job, but to give new perspective on the job she already had. It's wisdom. So like he gives you knowledge of things you don't understand and perspective of things you can't see before. This is the spirit of God. He is smarter than you. He is wiser than you, but he is here to help you. So here's the question I have as we come to the closing here. What is a problem you need solved? What's a problem you need solved? Now, I know every one of you have a problem that needs to be solved. I'm going to tell you, I'm thinking of something. When I prayed after this message of first service, I have a significant problem in my life. Don't worry about me. I don't need to carry this burden, but that I didn't have last Sunday. I mean, I have, a, I have something in my life that I don't know how to solve that Seven days ago, I did not even know existed. And you know what? I need the help of the Lord. I need the help of the Lord, and he wants to help me. 
And, and, and so often this kind of determination to be a, a, a woman of success or a man of success causes us to plow through and come up with a solution and not just pause for a second and say, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Holy Spirit, would you direct me? Holy Spirit, would you get involved? And here's another question. What insight do you need to get proper perspective? You just need God's wisdom. You need God's perspective. And that, that I'm speaking more to that story about, about the, the, the lady praying for a job change. And God, he, he, he gave her a whole different perspective. And so that might be part of God's work in you today. If you're here at CIL, if you're able to, would you stand as we prepare to receive from the Lord? And as you're watching online, I want you just to allow the Holy Spirit now to do his creative work inside of you. Open your heart to him right now. During this transition time coming out of containment, uh, we know that we're not doing communion like we used to. So some of you may have grabbed communion and I won't give further instructions. You're welcome to take it when your heart's ready to take it on your own. I won't give any further instructions about that today. But I'm going to ask you that as Pastor Aubrey leads us in worship, that you respond in some way to the Lord. It could be through personal reflection. It could be through prayer with someone near you that you know and that you can trust to pray with. It could be coming to the front to pray. It could be singing these words with him. But I want us to welcome the Holy Spirit. Let's do that now. And then after the song, after we sing a little bit, I'll... I'll uh, come and give our benediction, but I want to just start us off by saying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. We just ask for your residency. We just ask for you to come and be at home. Lord, we don't want you to be a strange guest in our house that we try to avoid. We want you to be the guest of honor, Holy Spirit, that you would have a voice that, that, that is heard. And that, Lord, we would be responsive to you. And, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you breathed on your disciples. And you said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we have been the beneficiaries of that ever since that. We are people of the Spirit. And I just want to remind you, I don't have a lot of time to speak about this, but the Lord was so clear about this, the first service, that our opening scripture, Jesus said to us, I have not left you as orphans. And I want you to understand that every single person in this room, including including me. We have an orphan spirit within us. That's why we're always afraid of abandonment. That's why when we're a child, we, we, we just get scared when we can't see our parents. That's why when we're in junior high and high school and into college, when we don't know where our friends are, we think we're getting left out. That's why when, when we enter into a covenant relationship that, that, that we, we're always scared, could, could that person leave me or, or, or could that person abandon me? And, and, and even death itself, we're scared of losing someone to death. And it's this orphan spirit within us. But Jesus spoke to that and he said, I will not leave you alone. I want you to hear this today. You will never be an orphan if you know the Lord. You'll never be alone if you know the Lord because whatever circumstance you face, he's going to be there with you. The Holy Spirit is going with you to the ends of the earth. That's the unknown place. That's the place that you can't imagine. That's the place of your deepest anxiety and your deepest fear. That's where God specializes. And human beings will leave you. Human beings will abandon in you. Human beings will let you down, but there is a God who will never let you down. And when we understand that, that the Holy Spirit is our helper, it heals 
the orphan spirit within us. And it heals that. And so that we don't live out of insecurity. We don't live in trying to hold on to relationships. And we end up destroying relationships because we hold them too tight. No, we're free because we're like, I don't want that person to leave my life. I don't want, I don't want, you know, I can't imagine if my kids turned against me. I can't imagine if my spouse left me. I couldn't imagine what it's going to be like when my parents passed away before me. I, I can't imagine. And, and, and we don't even want to think about that. But the Holy Spirit says it's okay because you don't have to fear the unknown. You don't have to fear being an orphan because I am always with you. This is the helper. It's the Holy Spirit. And so we receive. So let's just receive them right now. Lord, we receive the work of the Holy Spirit. We know we have the deposit of the Holy Spirit, but we receive the work of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have only acknowledged the Holy Spirit positionally. You're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know the scripture. I know I have the Holy Spirit. That's all I need. But you haven't received his work. And would you just do that right now? Lord, Holy Spirit, I receive your work. I receive your wisdom. I receive your intelligence. I receive your counsel. I receive your revelation. I receive your knowledge. How many know that Satan wants us to be in confusion? I believe, and I'm starting to believe more and more that we're under the judgment of confusion right now, but not so God's people. That's why, listen, I'm not letting go of the sermon quite yet because I just want to make sure you get it. I want to make sure that the noon hour doesn't keep you from God's arrival in your life. This is a day of confusion. This is a time of judgment of confusion, but not so for the remnant of God, for we have the Holy Spirit of God who leads and guides and directs and gives wisdom and operates in revelation. So we will not stay in confusion. We will not stay in isolation. We will not stay in abandonment. We will be led by the Spirit of God because He is our helper. How many How many can receive that today? Can you just receive that word from the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you for that. And so, Lord, as we, we just seal this service, I pray that your work would be done as Pastor Aubrey leads us in this worship song. I'll be back momentarily to give our benediction for those who can stay. God bless you.